Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is ordered. Turn your headphones up or suffer the same fate as Britney Spears. <laughs> we in the building, Mr. Logical 2-5. Tonight. Did free agency even start yet? I can't tell. I guess 2024 it is. You know, unless Jalen Brown come through with some fuckery at some point. But yes, yeah, Sports Reports' order is back. We missed you all, you know. But Mr. Logical, they hope say everybody, that... Hope everybody's safe from the fireworks. Everyone's limbs are intact. We all heard the, you know, J, JPP story back in the day. I remember when I heard it, I was like, yo, this dude really blew his fingers off. And he's yeah. a defensive lineman and came back. So I hope everybody's safe. I see some crazy videos on the internet. Yeah. I don't know why people playing with explosives like that. But... Yeah, one of my neighbors, um, you know, she caught some shrapnel to the face. You know, uh, we had our CE guy come up with a contraption. And, you know, uh, things went a little sideways, literally. <laughs> Yo, I was in the house watching TV with my grandson. And I we mean... were chilling. She's fine though. She's fine though. No, no scars <laughs> or anything. She just took a quick shot, you know. Uh, you know, but yeah, so like they always say that a playoff series never starts until the road team wins. When does free agency start? Man, it started. The thing is, I think we were spoiled with it for so many years that now it's like this is what normal free agency is it's a few players going from one team to the next team and a bunch of players get re-signed by their team it's not the the spectacle that the decision was and like the subsequent free agent summers after that with the you know the kd free agency the Kawhi free agency the second lebron free agency the third lebron free agency is like (laughs) It's it's pretty tame, and I think that's that's probably the key to teams being successful. It's like, yo, let's keep it simple. We don't need to do much. I mean, let's keep it simple, and we'll just uh, we'll have a normal free agency. We're gonna talk about some teams that we felt like didn't do anything. It's like no. I was watching uh what happens in Vegas, and you know, Ashton Kutcher, Rob Kudrow. He was like, is he's like, you're my lawyer. You didn't do anything in there. He's like. What are you talking about? I called her a vixen. Like, you didn't do anything. And that's what it feels like somebody sees. It's like, they didn't do anything. Well, you know, that was my takeaway because, like, for example, I was looking at Chicago. You know, proud franchise. You know, six championship appearances, zero losses, of course, as we all know. Yeah. And that was all because of one guy. Yeah, all because of one guy. You know, nobody else was there. Congrats, Scottie Pippen, for your accomplishments. You Shout know, out to and, Phil Jackson. <laughs> you know, but but I was sitting there, and like as we've been going through our transition of becoming podcasters, you know, I've been sitting there like, hey, like, what if the Bulls picked up Russell Westbrook? What if the Bulls picked up Chris Paul? What if the Bulls? And it's not even because I was like, hey, these dudes are going to put the Bulls over the top, but I'm just trying to figure out what the Bulls are doing because Demar Derozan is getting a little old. You know, so I'm like, okay, he's your star player, I guess, your best player, or maybe Levine is. So you have to start putting stuff around them 
so that you can climb up in the east. Or you send Levine somewhere, you send DeRozan to a contender so he can finish out his career, but they're not doing either. The like you and I talked about this uh in our little pre-meeting. They have they have quality pieces. They they essentially have a big three that's akin to the Boston three party with DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. Because you have you have three pieces that play three different parts of the floor that you can build around. You got your big guy down low. He can stretch the floor. You have your athletic wing in Levine. We've seen in the dunk contest, even through injuries and coming back from injuries, he's still 6'7", 6'8", lengthy, athletic. And then you got DeMar DeRozan, level-headed, doesn't doesn't play outside of his means. You're like, listen, I'm a mid-range shooter. Like, that's what I am. 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, I'm shooting from 15 to 18 feet. I'm taking you off the dribble. I'm gonna get 44 points off of 17 layups. And you know like, when uh the De- DeMar DeRozan watches the Lakers, this is what he sees. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the dude, the dude did give him nightmares in Toronto, but so what you what you had, like if you think about like that talent level from those positions, it's I, I don't want to say it's a, as an idle comparison, but if you think about what D Way, LeBron, and Chris Bosch were in Miami, you had the versatile big that could rebound and stretch the floor, 6'10", 6'11", super long arms, and Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade was your mid-range guy, and then LeBron was your athletic wing. They had the same thing in Chicago. It's just that for some reason, no one wanted to be there. Like, the players there didn't want to be there. They couldn't keep the coaches. It's just like – it's just like we talked about this earlier. It's like teams are looking at the identity of the league and trying to mold their teams around that versus looking at the identity of their team mm-hmm. and mold their concepts and their constructs around like who do we have here? Like what you have there, like you have the semblance of the, the old school triangle with those three guys, because you gotta put you gotta put athletic wings on both of those guys on DeRozan and Levine. You can't mm-hmm. just put I know Kyle Lowry's a tough guard, but Miami would couldn't just go the whole game with Levine, like you know, Kyle Lowry on Levine, like you'd have to switch it up. So the fact that they didn't do anything, it just shows it's probably more internal strife than anything. And people just want to get out of there because if you look around, like yo, this should work and it's not working, so I need to go. You know, and you know, so yeah, I was looking at that, and of course, my takeaway is like, why y'all delaying the inevitable? Like, get Billy Donovan out of there and just do something which brings me to the six you know also known as toronto it brings me to toronto because without being disrespectful and without pissing off all my hoteps and pro blacks out there masai ujiri all i heard about is how genius he is how smart he is how he puts these teams together how he and i'm like well, I mean, yeah, he was smart enough to trade for Kawhi, you know, yeah. but but I mean, but outside of that, I'm looking at this team now, right? And I've been reading the reports about Fred Van Vliet, who we'll get to later, and Pascal Siakam screaming at these young guys in the locker room. Nick Nurse is doing the 
Thibodeau thing where he's playing people, you know, 46 minutes a game. And I look back and then they're trying to move Adenobi. They're trying to move Siakam. But the word on the street is they won't sign with whoever they get traded to. So then Toronto's just stuck in quicksand. Like, what's the what's the move here? The the move is this. Somebody in the front office needs to put their big boy pants on when they come to work and make the hard decisions. Either make the final decisions to keep players and say, this is what we're going to do going forward, or make the decision to say, you need to go because this isn't working, which is fine. Like getting a fresh start, it's nothing wrong with getting a fresh start. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with getting some clarity. Like get it out there, yell it out, hash it out, whatever you got to do. But you guys are a few years removed from a championship. Yes, some pieces left, one of them being Kawhi, but you still won a championship in 2019 season. So it was like, it wasn't that far off. It wasn't like you won it in 2012 and, they, and the guys are just holding on. And they made so, a run at Boston in the bubble. So it was like, you have talent, you have the players, you don't need, there's only like four or five superstars in the league, really. And even of those superstars, a lot of them aren't doing it on their own. Most of these superstars are on teams, and there's a lot of people who go to that team to play with that superstar that doesn't work out. And we'll talk about teams like Dallas. We'll talk about the Clippers. We've talked about the Lakers as far as that regard. Most of the teams are just solid teams built around a couple of really good players, a good concept, a smart coach, and stability. You get stability when you have – because if you're playing eight guys – if you're playing eight or nine, ten guys, those are the extra five guys that aren't starters. They have to be ready all the time. And if your bench players are ready all the time, a lot of starters get hurt. A lot of starters miss a lot of minutes. I mean, a lot miss a lot of time because of injury. Those backup guys that play 27 to 30 minutes or 25 minutes or 22 minutes, those guys are ready to go all the time. You need those kind of players. If you don't have that, that's what you got to go get. You can't just be like, oh, I got to play my starters 46 minutes to get wins. I love what Phoenix was doing in the playoffs this year. It's like, go out. Get these players out available. Give them an opportunity to shine. It's like these guys are NBA players. There's only, like I said, I'll say it to tell them blue in the face. There's only 400 of the guys in the world who can play at this level. You have one team, you can get 15 of those 400 guys and make it happen. You just have to make, you got to make the pieces fit. And I don't know what happened this year with Scotty Barnes because, you know, he came into the league. He was supposed to be the next one of those next evolutionary players. You know, that Giannis mold of ball handler, block your shot, dunk on you, do all these things. And he had a little bit of a jump shot. You just need maybe you just need to play defense, dog. Maybe. And maybe and, you need to take a take a page out of Pat Beverly. Pat well, well, you know, you said something. Just... You said something a few episodes ago. Uh, when we were talking about, you know, like progression, like usually year one to year two, you see that leap, you know, whereas I feel Scotty Barnes went the other direction. Because you got to like, what's the identity? Is it going through him? Because we, we hear these stats like per 100 possessions, per 100 possessions. I was watching a video uh, on Facebook. I think well, I forgot what team it was. It might have been like Kent State or some college team where the coach had this drill where it was like five spots on the floor and you had to go like three for five or four from five from each one of these spots all in one session. And you had like a, you had 90 seconds to do it. 
And if you didn't go like four for five, you had to go back to like the beginning. And it was like, they call it like the red light, green light drill. Like, I'm, I'm not sure about all the logistics, but essentially it was like, if you can do that drill consistently in practice, then during the game, then you're my green light guy. Like you're allowed to go on the court and shoot as many shots as you know, within reason, you can't go up there and fire up 50 shots in college basketball, but it's like, if you're not hitting at that percentage with nobody on you shooting open shots, then when we get to the game, you can't expect to get 12 to 20 shots. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you're not my green light guy. This guy can do this drill. You can't. So you're going to be my defender. I think a lot of guys get drafted. They get the accolades. They hear, they see it. And then they, they probably feel like, yo, I'm better than Pascal. I'm better than Ananobi. I'm better than these guys. But it's like, yo, well, your role might simply be to get 16 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and defend Buddy Heald when, when the Pacers come to Toronto. Defend, you know, Maxi or Tobias Harris. On I the feel like that's you a might have to do shot. that. You might no, you just no, you just might have to <laughs> you just might have to do that extra that other thing that you know you might not have felt like you were in the league for. Right. And that's why you look like it's regression because you're not progressing in something, you're not doing the next thing that you could do well because you're so concerned, like I want to get 12 shots, 12, 15 shots up. Right. And then then you got another team like say the Hornets. You know, coming off the Michael Jordan sale and all that, you go picked up Brandon Miller, who can't keep his hands to himself during the summer league. Yeah, you know, got fifteen fouls in two games. He got <laughs> damn enough fouls to fall out of three. You know who it reminds game. me of? Carl with a Ball K. Joke. Carl with a yeah. K. You know, can't keep his damn hands to himself. But but like, look at that Charlotte. So they gave uh, Miles Bridges. You know, a small contract, one year deal. Yo, this yo NBA player. Just let this. My bad, to cut you off. Let this be a lesson to keep your hands to yourself. He was primed to get a hundred million dollars plus before he got into his domestic violence altercation. He literally lost himself ninety million dollars. NBA contracts are guaranteed. Show up to the gym in shape, sign contract. And that chick probably wasn't even with him shooting in the gym. I don't care who Oprah could have been with you shooting in the gym. Keep your damn hands to yourself and get your hundred million dollars. Yeah, but they signed him. They still got Terry Rozier and Hayward. You know, what are they doing? Um, PJ Washington's still out there as a free agent. You know, he said he was looking for 20 million. You know, we'll see. I think he's a restricted free agent. So over four years. Yeah, I know. No, no, that ain't what he's talking about. So, but, but I'm, but I'm sure, but I'm sure somebody at some point will offer him something and Charlotte will be put in a position to try to match or, or decide if they are going to match. And I don't know what that decision is going to be because now that they have new ownership, I don't know which direction they're going in. You know, they picked up Brandon Miller. They have LaMelo who just got paid. So, you know, obviously he's a part of their future. It's like the second highest paid player in the league or something like that. I think, but, I think but he's you- behind Jokic. But you can't seriously think that another year of Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Oh, is, they're on the move. Is going to save the day by January. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Whoever. Okay, so the league starts October. They get about so by February first, they're about forty-five games in, give or take. 
because yeah. I think it's about 50 games at the All-Star break. So mm-hmm. we call it All-Star break, 50 games, trade deadlines, around the same amount of time. You'll catch a team like, like uh, let's say, Washington. Now, we'll, we'll get a contender, the Suns. We'll, we'll use a contender, my bad. We'll, the Suns. The Suns are, I don't know if they can even make any trades. Maybe the Warriors make a move if they, they figure that Kamiga doesn't work. Yeah, that could be a good Kamiga's one. Kamiga's not working. It's like, hey, let's get Terry Rozier to come over with the second unit, and then they just go small ball all the yeah. way. Hey, I'm here for Kaminga and LaMelo Ball. Yo, it's like some something has to like something has to give to where these decisions have to make sense. Charlotte, I, I took a lot of notes. Like, you know, you can look at it. I took a lot of notes on every team. Charlotte, I got two notes. Jordan Curse. That's one thing I put. I put that for Chicago and Charlotte. Is just is <laughs> Jordan is just is Jordan just a curse on your team and Bridges got 8 million? Like, that's all I got. I mean, the draft pick was inevitable. It fell in their lap. They took Brandon Miller. I want to say he's going to be better, but I just like, when I look at his highlights and I, I should watch more, but I don't feel like there's like a, an intensity to it. Like, it's like, like, this this never say die. Remember, to whatever all these cliches, it just it just doesn't look like. Well, remember that's what like, I said. Like just like Paul George. Yeah, his performance in the NCAA tournament is like, yo, you had opportunity to put your here. team on your back. Everybody was losing. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I mean, yo, we can do this, and it's like, well, well, they also well they also drafted Nick Smith out of Arkansas, who is more potential than substance right now. They picked up Amari Bailey from UCLA, who's going to be a good defender slash you hope he makes timely shots, you know, Avery Bradley kind of style. Um, Some of these guys won't see the court. And then but they, these guys won't see well, the court. That's what I was just about to say, but they still got James Booknight as well that they just drafted a few years ago out of UConn, who was supposed to be the scorer shooter that was going to come in and do this and do that, and he ain't done either one. They have, this they or have that. too many. They have too many of those kind of misses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's, like, so it's time to reload. Get them out of there. Yeah, get them out of there. It's time to make some moves. Like, so, like they're young enough, and there's enough teams out here, like Washington, that Portland maybe that are looking for these young little pieces potentially to. Take a chance on, and if it doesn't yeah. work, you just get a high draft pick. Just take the just take the Danny Age deal and figure out like how do we get the most picks out of this other team for a couple of these players and get off these contracts? Because mm-hmm. Gordon Haywood, I've always liked Gordon Haywood from Butler until now, but it doesn't seem to work in Charlotte because I don't know what is going on in Charlotte. There's like I think every team wants to just. Everyone wants to make like this small ball great lineup. But if you look in the back, I got Jokic highlights. It's an hour long video on YouTube of Jokic highlights. The rightful MVP. He is not small. And you could probably find another video of quality Embiid highlights that are just an hour long. It's like the big man isn't dead. It's just this narrative. It's just different. And when you have a pass first point guard like LaMelo Ball, who's 6'8, I mean, it's like you, you have these unicorn kind of pieces. It's the same thing with Chicago. It's like 
you have a very unique setup and it's like you're 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 butchering but you're playing very, like everybody else you're playing like everybody else when you have a you have a unicorn stallion you're playing like everybody else like, like why why isn't lamello i know he was hurt this year but why isn't lamello doing the and i'm not making a player comparison per se but why is he not doing the russell westbrook thing why is he not the triple double king right now he should be 16 12 and 10 yeah every night jason kidd if you prefer that yeah you know what i yeah. mean like 16 12 and 10 or hell even 20 12 and 10 he is he's the guy you can build it around tell everyone to strike their ego and like, listen, he's because he's a pass first guard. He's not like, like Luca will pass out of necessity after he dribbles the ball for sixteen out of twenty-four, and he'll get you the open shot. So he'll get an assist if you stand in the corner and shoot the open three. Mm -hmm. But he's not throwing the underhand passes, the no look passes in the paint, the lobs and things of that nature the way Lamelo does. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have that piece. Why is your whole office not designed around that? And then run Rozier with the second unit, where like the second unit is like, okay, this is our attack unit. Ball movement, not necessarily one guy making the, the right pass. This is our ball movement offense. Get Gord Haywood in there. Smart player is going to make smart decisions. He's going to set the screen. He's going to do the scrappy stuff. And then you let this other guy cook, like the way Reggie Jacks used to come off the bench for OKC right, back in the day right. when everybody else went to the bench. Like you can have multiple philosophies if you understand like this player doesn't do that like dennis smith jr is a guy I always like it's like how would this guy not getting more run but you know he signed a one-year deal with brooklyn put him in with the scoring unit like put him in where you like listen we're down eight we need to go on a run Can right we get next to cam one? thomas huh <laughs> we need to go on a run let's go Let's 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 like we're running a gun in here. Nothing cute, no threes. Let's get to the Rams. High flying action. Let's let's push. Let's push the pace every rebound with this unit. Well, let okay, me. Bridges, well, yeah. I was gonna say, let me run over to Indiana real quick. You know, they gave Bruce Brown the money. You know, and then they went and picked up my guy from the got that Lana Rose child support money. <laughs> Obi Toppin. You know, who in his 15 games as a starter, you know, averages 21, 8, and 3. So, you know, like, unlock him, you know, or as, as a um, TV host says, unleash, you know, unleash Obi Toppin, you know, because at this point, I don't know what, like, I like Indiana's talent. I like the collection of players that they have. But the problem is, is that Miles Turner is in that John Collins zone where it's always like he's in a trade rumor here and there, but then nobody wants him, you know, the Jalen Brown round. Yeah. And then they're trying to allegedly, you know, they've been trying to move buddy healed, you know, who is a free agent after this season or, you know, this upcoming season. And then you got Tyrese Halliburton who just went to the bank, you know? So, I mean, Indi million. so at the very least, I think Indiana has direction. You know, they have Ben Matherin who came in last year, started off the first five or six games with the highest points per game for a rookie, you know, in their first five or six NBA games. He was coming off the bench for a while, six man. They just traded Chris Duarte, who was another shooter, you know, but he couldn't get minutes over their log jam at the two. So I think I like what Indiana's doing. Like, you know, I think that Indiana – 
could challenge. You know, if, if everything comes together, Tyrese Halliburton doesn't get hurt. Obi Toppin continues to form into what I think he could be. You know, Indiana could be that six seed. They could be a seven seed or, you know, something along those lines. Well, as we keep going through the East, a lot of the teams, so we, you know, just off of memory, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Cleveland, New York, York, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Uh Uh-huh. If we look at those six teams, Philly, we could talk about, like, we don't have to get into details. We're not impressed with their offseason. It, it feels like they're just kind of loading up this cannon to potentially get Dame. But, but if Dame is stagnant, as as, as as steadfast as his agent saying, per reports, that he wants to go to Miami, what's what's Philly doing? Well, so I'm not what sure we do exactly know, if they can stay at three. Well, what we do know is that Tyrese Maxey ain't going anywhere. Yo, but I read an article yesterday that said they're unlikely to give him a deal after ne- after this next upcoming season. Well, well, from what I was reading, it looks like uh, they won't give him a deal now to extend him, but next year after next season they'll talk extension. But okay. but they, but, but, then, but, but then you they, run the risk. Likely to they yeah he can walk. Yeah, now he's like oh so y'all don't want me. Even though you're, even though you made me untradeable or whatever, like you know you said you don't want to trade me, but you the ain't Lamar trying to pay Jackson. me either. The yeah. Lamar Jackson conundrum is like you can't keep just dangling these guys because and Embiid ain't getting no younger. And if James Harden's not there, he's gonna get a lot of shots. And if you have to guard Embiid, Maxi's going to get good looks mm-hmm. because Embiid is. You got to double him. You got to have somebody. You got to have somebody peeking over their shoulder. So he's gonna get three, four, yeah, maybe they went in five got- wide open looks throughout. These games, and then they he went and got three of those. They went and got Bebe's kid, you know, Patrick Beverly, you know. Patrick so Beverly, like, yo, the world should be thankful that Patrick Beverly's not six seven. We talked about that with <laughs> Iverson. Yeah, you know, Pat uh, Bev, man. Like, and then I'm gonna course, go. I'm gonna go see some Philly games just to see Pat Bev. And then, of course, you know, this is the last year of Tobias Harris's contract as well. You know yo, that you that assassin. That assassin. She's a. Ocean's eleven level robbery he put on Philadelphia. Yeah, he done it. I don't think he's dropped thirty points since he signed that deal. But you know, but but like, think about I, that. He got one hundred eighty million dollars, and but, can you can you recall the game where it's like, yo, Tobias Harris is on fire? I mean, he's had moments here and there, but no, I can't think of a yeah. game where it was just all definitely about not the playoffs. Definitely, and they've been in the playoffs, playoffs every year, and they've been you know counting on, and their and their yeah. playoffs flameouts have been huge. Well, well that's he's what I'm been saying. On those teams, depending he's been on, on those teams, depending on how their season starts out, you know, he could be a deadline dude. You know, somebody might pick him up since he's expiring. You know, going, maybe Philly can get something back back to Cali. You know? but then let's take it down to the Sunshine State. You know, because I was looking at the Orlando Magic after draft night. You know, Jet Howard. And uh, Anthony Black. So I was like, well, Cole Anthony, you know, he's been in rumors. Jalen Suggs has been in rumors. I'm looking around and they still there. It's, it's, a, it's another. I, and they, and they cut Bobo. Yeah. They cut so I, I have a little note for some of these teams. That's, I got, it's called DT, discounted tickets. I got a few notes for these teams. We'll go over it at the end. It might be one of those situations where they don't have a direction 
and they don't know how to get one. Maybe they don't need one. Everyone needs a direction. Well, well, just everyone this, needs a direction. Well, just from everyone, the everyone uh, needs a direction. They just got, everyone they just, in the well, building. I think their direction is constantly forming. I think their direction is forming because you that's, just that's, had, that's, that's you just that, had the rookie of the year. No, 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 no. Pick you a just, direction. No, you just it's like the Kings, right? You know, like like the Kings came out of nowhere this year. You know, went up to the three seed, and now everybody's like, they got to go get Draymond. They got to go get Kuzma. They got to no, they don't actually. You but know, they, they had direction. Just, they they had the, the Aaron court. Fox. They played him a lot. They didn't. What they did draft three uh, Tyrese Halliburton and then traded him. So we thought, thought that was weird. And I was like, why'd you draft another point guard? And they did it again with Davion Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. But then he became like the young Pat Bev. But then they allowed him to get streaky, get hot, like he did a couple of times against Golden State. They got Sabonis, a big body in there, because everyone was like, why? Like sometimes you just. Your direction might not be known, but if you're looking at Orlando, it's like you got a bunch of guards, and you're you're still drafting in the top five every every year, every single year. You're you're not. How are you never getting better? Well, their front court should be set for the next few years. You know, is where I was going with that. So now you're just weeding out those who don't belong it's like houston right you know like houston's at this end point where we have this talent we got the grown-ups in the room now so maybe orlando needs some more grown-ups but that's but, the but, thing but, with but, houston the, the conversation was they weren't growing up so it was like okay now let's get some veterans with orlando what's the com- what well, i think they? i think well i think houston just had too many of them houston had like eight or nine of them you know what i mean so but nobody but outside of jail and green who people wanted to be the guy, there was nobody that really step up, stepped up and took it and was like, all right, Jalen over here BSing. This is mine now. I got the juice. Nobody ever did that. So that's nobody why you, wanted to be Bishop. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, nobody wants to be Bishop. Everybody wanted to be Q, but you know, everybody ain't <laughs> built like that. But, but, but like, but like with Houston, they brought the adults in. We'll get to them, but they brought the adults in now, allegedly. And now we'll see, you know, who's going to take that mentorship and run with it. And now, you know, you got rid of some of them. Josh Christopher's gone. I guess we'll talk about Houston now. Josh Christopher's gone. You know, K.J. Martin's gone. You know, maybe you move uh, Kevin Porter Jr. over, you know, either you trade him or you have him as your sixth man, Jamal uh, – I was about to say Jamal Mary – Jamal Crawford off the bench where yeah. he's been playing point, but I think of him as not a point, so he's probably more of a two – Put him on the bench. You Put got him in Ahmed. the second unit and let him yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in. You know, you 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 let him in. You know, be the playmaker off the bench, and now you got a core on the bench because Co- you also coach Carter style. I taught yeah. you how to run because because I was looking at this, you know, and my week my week I was about to say week one. See, I'm ready for some football, <laughs> you know. But my <laughs> it's getting close. It's getting close. My, my, my game one projected starting lineup for Houston is Van Bleed at the point, Green at the two. That guy from Memphis at the three, Jabari Jabari Smith at the four, and then Alfred Shagun at the five. And then Thompson off the starting, you know, saying then off the bench. No, 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 I ain't got Thompson starting yet. He's starting. Where is he going to? Is he going to go to the three? He'll he'll start at the one. I think they'll move Land Fleet to Van the Vliet two. Fleet to the two. Jalen yeah. Green small for a three, ain't he? Yeah, but everybody's small. I, I think so. hell. 
Everybody playing small. Only body well, got to do it on the four. Only team out west they got a guy over six foot nine that you got to worry about is L.A. and Denver. Well, I was thinking everybody else well, is six seven and under. Well, I was thinking I'm in with Kevin Porter Jr., um, Tari Eason off the bench. You know, um, he came on late as a rookie last year, and then they got Mister Australia himself, Jock Landale, the Jokic stopper. Yo. I think M.A. Doka was blessed with great, you know, like length and athleticism with the team he had in Boston. I think the team in Houston could look like that. You know, I think it's a few more six, 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 seven guys. Lance Fleet's probably the smaller. He's probably on the undersized. He's probably closer to six three. Um, tough, gritty. You know, you know, mid major guy just got his bag. Mm-hmm. So apparently, he's a I, yeller. Oh, he's a, one of those intense. Yeah, like apparently leader. he's a, yeah he was he was yelling at the kids in Toronto and they didn't react very well. Well, listen, toughen up, millennials, or whatever, <laughs> you, whatever, whatever they call yourselves, Gen Xers, whatever. But yeah, so like, I mean, so we got Miami. I mean, we can go on for hours about Miami because they're trying to get Dame, but they're trying to get Dame on like. Remember in elementary school when somebody was like, you trade lunch? Mm-hmm. Like, like personally, I, I like to make a good sandwich. You know, I make a good sandwich. I get like the extra, I said Oreo cookies and like a fruit, you know, fruit by the foot or fruit roll up. So I had a nice little lunch. And if you wanted to trade me for something in my lunchbox, I had a nice lunchbox. You can't just come up with like, peanut butter and jelly but the jelly and the peanut butter not coming over the edge like yo what a peanut butter and jelly at like i need this loaded if you're trying to trade me my sandwich for this one i need your sandwich to be on par well, with that's, mine. that's how my Miami son is trying to, give you, <laughs> trying to give you these skimped up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like yo give us this beautiful salami and fucking sauerkraut reuben and we'll give you this yeah, that's, how, that's how my sandwich. son is with my daughter <laughs> like he knows her weaknesses so he'll be like Yo, give me a chocolate chip cookie, like three Tootsie Rolls, and like, you know, a Capri Sun, and I'll give you these two airheads. And she's like, deal. And I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> like cause and 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 right now, Dame Lillard is that whole like the whole package and like Miami trying to slide them two airheads. Like, listen, if you're not giving up Bam out of bio, if I'm Portland, I don't want to hear nothing. Well, that's what Dame said. Dame said he want to play with Bam. That's his boy. Cool, but uh, but if I'm Portland, if you're not like, I'll do this. Bam. I mean, Dame, you my guy. We drafted you. We love you. We loved you doing the community. But if you love this team the way you claim to love this team, you know damn well we can't send you down. We can't trade you out of here and get a bunch of guys back that are going to have this team going 16 and 66 because you want to go to Miami. So Miami gives us a real deal. We'll make it happen. Like a real tangible, credible deal that makes our team better. The art of a good business deal is like everyone has to lose something. Like it's just, that's if you're with, if you win the whole deal, then that means you rip the other person off. And if, you know, vice versa. So everyone has to lose something. So they might have to lose the fact that, you know, I might be missing a teammate when I get to Miami. But 
I got the Miami. So that's my gain. But that's where the but, third team comes in. But that's the thing. I, I saw this on First Things First because me and you talked about it earlier and I drove home and I put that on as kind of like background music as I was setting up. It was like only the Nick Wright had a very inter, interesting point. It was like the only teams that really have any skin that would have any skin in the, the third team trade aspect are all teams out West. And it's like none of these teams feel like they should get involved so Portland gets the deal they want. Right. It's like why these like why would Sacramento get involved to help them? Why would Utah get involved to help Portland? Why would Houston get involved? Like, why would any of these teams out west do anything to help Portland? And conversely, hey, why would Hero, anybody Tyler why Hero would anybody Utah? Why would anybody in the East help Miami? Well, Miami just ran through the East. It's like they're probably hoping that Bam and Tyler Hero and some draft picks go to Portland for Dane because, like, okay, cool. Now you have zero rim protection. We saw what Jokic did when you had Bam. He still averaged damn near triple-double. But now you send Bam away. We're just going to run with Zeller back. You know, so it was like there's – I don't think there's anybody because – and the lack of leverage. Portland, Miami, Dame saying, I only want to go to Miami. His agent coming out saying he only wants to go to Miami. There's no leverage. Well, so I, did I that, see that more than likely there's no deal. Did I see that his agent was calling other teams and basically telling them like not to put a trade package in? Essentially, the, the statement he put out was lawyers are really good with the words. And he was like, you know, of course, any team has the opportunity to trade for Dane, blah, blah, blah. He's a great player. The NBA is a great organization. He would be, he would love to be a part of any team the same way he's a part of Portland, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it's Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's, there, there's no leverage for anyone. So but who, but, Miami's going to just take whatever they get. So, so, so game one of this coming upcoming season, Dame's still on the roster. Now he's he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone to the. Because there are some other teams that I think could make a deal, but. And that's what and that's what like I said they were talking about. He's like because I was. He's like right now Miami has the best deal, and Chris Bouchard was like, "How do you mean he has the best deal?" He was like, "Nick said because that's the only deal on the table, so that's the best deal." Right. He's like. You can't have all these potential other deals. Like, yeah, I have. He's like, I had 10 deals that might work for Portland and the other team that Portland had to deal with. Yeah, I but was like, none of those teams are even allowed to make the phone call. So it's like yeah. the best deal is the Miami deal. Yeah, because I was sitting have. there the other day, and I know this, is, this might shock you a little bit, but I was like, yo, get the Bockers on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Get the, the Knickerbockers on the phone. You know what I mean? I mean, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett and some picks. Yeah, and I know you were talking about Utah. I've been talking about the Utah thing from the time that he put the Weber State jersey on at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Like, we could check the tape, go back five months to February. I was like, I saw it in his face because I, like, I was in Utah that week. It feels different. People don't look like, like when you go home, you have a different look on your face. Like when you, like you can see it in these guys, when these players go to the all-star game, when Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and all these guys are, and Saquon Barkley are down during the Pro Bowl, 
you can tell they are enjoying the moment. You can see like the glee. Dame Lillard's face when he was in Utah for that All-Star weekend. A lot of those fans are homegrown. You like Utah is very small. Like it's a big state as far as land, but as far as like people live, people live in a section like this. 40 miles, Mike, 45 miles from Ogden to Provo, give or take. Everybody lives right there. So when Dame Lillard is was killing it in basketball, he was getting so much love. They still have billboards with his face on it from college. He's been in the league 10 years. Mm-hmm. So they still love him there. So when he goes there and he wins a three-point contest, he's wearing a Weaver State jersey. You see the mountains. Like he's a kid from Oakland and went to Utah and balled out and they got him to the league. That's that's a, that 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 tugs at your heart because like I said, I go Utah all the time. Yeah. it is. And Utah plays good basketball. I think they play the basketball that would work with him. They have the young talent, and I don't know how much they time you have to give up. They have plenty of picks, and Danny Ainge is a world class con man. And he was a world class athlete. So yeah, like, and I think the Knicks it. are the only team that has like in the same ballpark of picks as Utah. And Portland is one of those teams. Is like okay, we got a we got young players. Anthony Simons is playing well. School Henderson looks like a grown man. Uh, they re-signed Jeremy Grant. They're a team that's not expected to win forty games a year, thirty-five games a year. If they go thirty and fifty-two, no one's calling for anybody's head. Is like. They put on a good show. They're way out in the Pacific Northwest. They're barely on TV. So if they can get a haul from Utah to send Dane back to his second home, I believe they'll do it. I think they'll get a better offer from Utah than they'll get from Miami. Definitely. You know, but yeah, so, you know, so that's that's one angle, you know. And then, like, what does Miami do if Dame doesn't end up there? Then they just play play the same scrappy basketball they've been playing for the last few years. Yeah, no star. Saw, everybody's against us. So far, yeah, we so saw Struess and Vincent, you know, get paid. You know, uh, Struess four years, sixty four million from Cleveland. Uh, Vincent three years, three million from the Lakers. And so you, you know, yeah. And Cleveland got they kept they kept Levert and they got George Niang, which I don't know why they kept Levert, you know, but you know, just another every dude. everybody's gonna go either either you can go with either you have dynamic point guard play and guard play, or you can try to overwhelm people with like a barrage of shooting. Mm-hmm. So but he can't shoot. Teams, he just shoots a lot. He just but he can't shoot. Maybe <laughs> maybe get more open looks. Max so, might stretch the floor. Yes, yeah, so I was looking at this because, you know, we were talking about and a lot of people were talking about like Miami is like doing this all time shooting thing during the playoffs. How are they doing this? They're just hitting all the shots. So I went back and looked at it because, you know, that's what I do. And, you know, so in the regular season, you know, Gabe Vincent shot 33 percent from three. Struess 37 in the playoffs. Now we were thinking about them hitting all these shots. You know, but uh, in two of the four playoff series, Gabe Vincent shot 38 or 30%. And just in two of those series, it just so happens, I guess Milwaukee, 
he shot 42%, and against Boston, he shot 51%. <laughs> and then and then and then when you look at Struess, when you look at Struess in the finals, he went 19% from three. Which I would have never like a couple of he had a couple of bad games where he was yeah. like over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he started over nine in game one. Yeah. yeah. And, and then in game uh, two, he fired off. Two of the other series, he had a 41 or 42% shooting series from three. But then he had two series in the playoffs where he was under 36%. So like we were thinking of them as like, oh my goodness, they're shooting the lights out. See, I didn't think that because I watched the game. I thought teams they were shooting a lot. What I did notice about Miami is that none of those guys look hesitant. If we watch it, if we say, for instance, the Lakers and the ball is getting swung around and LeBron's on the floor. So it's LeBron, Schroeder, D'Lo, AD, and Rury. Oh, yeah, and Toronto picked up Schroeder. Yeah, so it's like when that ball swung around, Rury probably had an open shot, but he wouldn't take it. Then he gets around. D'Lo might have an open shot. Rarely, he normally takes all of his open shots, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. It gets back to LeBron. It comes back around. But with Miami, if it got the game Vincent in the corner and he felt like his feet were set and it hit him in his hands, he's letting it fly. Same thing with Struce. So I think their percentage was kind of indicative of that whole green light philosophy that I think they all had. So they were firing off a lot of shots, but they will make their run. Jimmy Butler would get high. He'd get you like your eight or nine points in a row. Then Bam would get you like those timely offensive rebounds. And then Struce would hit the three. And then Vincent would hit the three. So they might be down 16 early in the second half or 16 in the second quarter. But then when they make that 18 to two run, that's when those guys would go. They'll go three for three. And like so, at the end of the game, the stats say, "Oh yeah, he only shot forty percent from three. But yeah, well, when they were making that eighteen point run, both of them went four for six from three. Right, and, and that's do... and that's and that's why it looked like they were just hot because they were hot when like it mattered. Whereas like Clay Thompson would go cold in that series against the Lakers, and it's like mm-hmm. man, he's doing terrible. And then Steph was like, you know, getting his shots in, but everybody else was cold. Miami, everybody got hot at the same time. That's why it looked like they were just crazy hot from three and i do i do like vincent to la you know um i'm not sure how i feel about la i mean they didn't get to see him play really but i wasn't necessarily a big fan of them letting mo bamba go um and of course he ended up in philadelphia so um i wasn't too fond of that but i mean they kept their team intact for the most part they let i was surprised they bought d'lo back you know they let schroeder walk Because you couldn't pay them both, and if I can't pay them both, I'll take the bigger guy. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just I'll just take the, the 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 taller guy, the guy that's a little bit more confident, and he's left-handed. So that does give you like, I mean, I don't know how much it really factors in, but not that many guys in legal left-handed. It might put a little bit more pressure on the defense, and D'Lo, his confidence never wavers mm-hmm. at all. So. I'll take the confident, taller guy for this essentially the same money as Schroeder. Schroeder should have taken the bag that L.A. offered him back in the day when it was like four years, $84 million. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he did the Oladipo thing. Where it was like, nah, I'm going to go get more. Nah, get that. Like, you offer me $100 million. I don't, I don't care what it is. 
I'd join the Air Force again if you offer me dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, but a lot of people are, you know, debating the Lakers. Like some people think that they've done enough to get back to the Western Conference Finals and potentially challenge Denver. You know, so, some so we're people, transitioning to the West, and uh, I, I wrote a note about that too. Yeah, go for it. Uh, they got younger and they're paying a lot, and I think the expectations are going to be too high. And when they start the year 10 and nine 8 and 9 and 8 10 and 8 and Jackson Hayes proves to be unplayable good pickup time for the time being. Rui can't stay out of foul trouble. D'Lo goes cold. You got a lot of contracts you can't move. It can't be like, oh, well, let's go get this guy. Because, you know, we got a guy in our group. Shout out to Adam. He loves the Lakers. But he has them getting everybody. He got them getting Christian Wood. He had them getting Bowl Bowl. Like, <laughs> he has everybody that's available. He wants the Lakers to pick him up. And it's like, I understand what you want. But these contracts that you put these guys in, can you play Gabe and – White mom at the same time. I'm surprised nobody offered him an offer sheet because they knew he wasn't going to leave. They knew he wasn't going to leave. I'm surprised that he went because I saw reports it was like four years, ninety million that yeah, that could have yeah. been out there. That's that's what I was thinking. So but. four years, fifty two is like. Did you give him? Did y'all give him like two points on the back end on ticket sales? Like how do you how do you make up that difference? Because right. listen, my son plays. Shout out New Jersey Lacrosse Club. He plays lacrosse, basketball, football. If he's in the league and I'm talking to him and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, that uh, Sacramento wants to give me four years, 90 million, but I really want to play with LeBron one more year for four years, 52 million. I'm like, nah, son, we're going to Sacramento. You gotta go to liquor we, games on your day off. We can go fly <laughs> down with 90 million. We can we can charter a jet and see all the broad games all over the country. I'll go there for you live stream them, but you're going to get this ninety million from Sacramento, or you getting this? If it's somebody awful, like not awful, but if it's like ninety million from Orlando, like nah, don't do that because you're just in purgatory. You'll never get to your second contract because they'll move you like it's your fault, and you'll just be in purgatory like Terry Rozier or Dennis Smith Jr. or some of these other smaller guards that. Don't go to places that fit. Lakers fit, and and I, I rock with it. But he definitely should have got more than fifty-two million if there were, if the rumors were true that he could have got ninety million on the market. Hey, I see uh, Dallas picked up my guy Grant Williams. You know they they gave uh, Matisse Thybul the uh, offer sheet, but then Portland matched, of course, because you know initially I was like. Um, when Philly traded Matisse Thibault. I didn't like that move for Philly. I didn't either, but I felt like it was time. Like, I felt like, you know. It's never I, time I felt, to get rid of a defensive well, player. Well, well, you I just, just I, found him a spot. Well, well, I think Philly was also trying to find offense, you know, and he wasn't providing it at the time. But then when he got to Portland, he suddenly hit 39% from three. You know, so if you give him the ball. If you if you move the ball, 
it's 24 seconds on the play clock. You got to get it across about eight seconds. So mm-hmm. at a minimum, you got 16 seconds from the half court line to get a shot onto the rim. If the your main ball handler holds the ball for seven to eight seconds, it's nothing you do. But if you come up, Steph brings the ball over, Jordan Poise to bring the ball over, De'Aaron Fox bringing the ball over, even Chris Paul, that effect, bring the, like Chris Paul handled a little bit more, but he was making deliberate moves. KD, even Kyrie sometimes, they feel like he can fall in love with the ball, but Kyrie falls in love with the ball because he's about to make his move. He's not dribbling the ball to set something up. He's like, I'm trying to get to the cup. Whereas you have James Harden, he's dribbling like he's trying to set up his own shot or some like he, like he pass. He's practicing in front of the garage. Like, did you see that, mom? So if you got a guy standing there waiting on the ball, like it just is. If it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Hey, but three years one twenty six for Kyrie. By the way, I, I like that deal. Um, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people were speaking for Kyrie when he essentially. I think he stopped talking to the media mm-hmm. months ago. Like he just would just go places. He was like at the Laker game, like, oh, he goes to be a Laker. Like, no, he I think he is genuinely a fan of basketball. And if you're going to sit courtside at a playoff game and you're rich and you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you go to the Lakers game. It's like it's LA. Like I've I've been to LA as a regular Air Force dude, and I was like, this place is great. I love it. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't imagine someone just pay me a million dollars to do a like a Red Bull commercial. You ain't go, I you ain't go no, in LA. You ain't go to no Clippers game though, did you? Nah, I didn't go. To, I went to the strip club. <laughs> I went to the strip club called the Body Shop. It was great. As you and know, the what's, ATM what's fees these, were nine dollars. But what's, uh, up, what's up with these Clippers, man? They go and get uh, James Harden. The Clippers are in a position of where they are making business advertising and basketball decisions simultaneously. And I don't think either thing outweighs the other. So it's going to just look completely discombobulated. They're opening a new stadium. The Clippers have always been, for some reason, they always say the team downstairs. I don't know if the offices are physically upstairs for the Lakers and downstairs for the Clippers, but they always say the team in the basement, the team downstairs. Yeah, the Clippers the are the brother. ugly people under the stairs. But they like their recent success, aside from the the Lakers championship, I think the Clippers have had more success. They've been more excited in that building. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, their series with the Spurs, the the Lob City, Doc Rivers. They've had a more exciting run. Mm-hmm. In that building, short of Kobe's 60-point game and when Staples Center before they went to Crypto.com Arena, Kobe's 60-point game was the most exciting Laker moment in that building for some time. In that same window, the Clippers were winning a lot of games. They just, they're obviously never going to get over the hump because it's a lot like New York. It's a ton of Mets fans in New York, but New York is viewed as a Yankee city. Same thing with Jets hey, fans. Like when mouth. you meet someone's a you know, Jet fan, watch your mouth, Chris. I know Chris. Chris is going here. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> I know you're a Met fan, but if you go to the city, if you get off the train at Penn Station, which is right under Madison Square Garden, and you get out, get on like 34th Street, and you take a left and you go to that sports store, 
all the displays in the window are yank is Yankee gear. You go in the store, there's Met gear. I'm not saying there's not Met gear in it, but the street facade is all Yankee gear. New York City is a Yankee city with also Met fans, but it's a Yankee city. So the Lakers are LA is a Lakers city with Clipper fans that are equally as dedicated as the Laker fans. It's not to absolve you or usurp your dedication versus theirs. It's simply that the Clippers are not the team. So they're trying to open this new place. You need a, you need a face. So James Harden is older than Paul George and Kawhi. I know I say this a lot. Go ahead and get your shot ready. I'm about to say it again. James Harden tends to get like soft tissue injuries the deeper he gets into the playoffs. Paul George and Kawhi keep bumping knees with other players, and that keeps getting them hurt. So your three, even if you got James Harden, that means your three stars are over 90 years old combined. Now you tell me a business model to where you're open in the new arena for an athletic team and your top three players are over 90 years old combined. Welcome to sports reports disorder where you will find ageism. <laughs> so, so unless they, I mean, hell, even if you want to go get Dame, Dame is over 30 mm-hmm. and you're moving and they're moving the, the stadium. Isn't like they're moving to another one, downtown LA on the other side of LA. Like in the Hollywood Hills or something, they're moving like outside of the city. They're so they're still going to be called. They're still going to be Los Angeles Clippers. They're probably going to be closer to where the Rams and the Chargers play, but they're in that same kind of boat where the Rams are the LA, the Los Angeles football team, and then the Chargers. And then if you if you factor in a, a good USC football season, that trumps all of it, aside mm-hmm. from the Lakers stuff. So you can get usurped by a college football team. So you need to have people in place. And I think they are two years past that opportunity. Should have moved Kawhi or Paul George after the 2022 season to prepare for this. And I would have moved them and just kind of gone young, like Tyrese Maxey young, somebody, I mean, hell, like whatever Charlotte might want to make a move and maybe you can get you could have gotten a mellow ball off of. I don't know what you but if he's an L.A. kid, I would go get a guy from L.A. Like I would have done something else if I'm going to use business as my reason for keeping the team that it is. And I got to open the stadium. Then you got to put a face on the billboard because Kawhi's face is going to go, be on that billboard for a year. Tops. Paul George is probably already Paul George is probably gone by Christmas this year. I mean, both in their last year of the contract, you know, Kawhi said he wasn't going to come without Paul George, but your ass is mine, even if Paul George is out of here. So, you know, um, yeah, I I know I've heard some form of like Terrence Mann and uh, Norman Powell, you know, for um, James Harden. They brought Russell Westbrook back, you know, on a super cheap deal. You know, Eric Gordon. Russ made, Russ made like two hundred million dollars on his last deal. Yeah, it's Jordan all good. deal is pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Gordon finally got the Phoenix. You know, he's been trying to get there since twenty thirteen when he told New Orleans don't match, and they matched anyway. You know, but um, that just goes to show you, like, 
leadership right there don't match my contract. Oh, we're going to match you anyway. But uh, makes no sense. <laughs> it makes, it but, makes no sense. You know, but yeah, the Clippers, um, they they're not only going to be starting this new arena potentially without Kawhi and Paul George, they're probably going to be starting it without Ty Lue too, because there were already talks about how he was thinking about stepping down. So Ty Lue's been talking about getting fired all off season. Okay. Anytime he got interviewed, he was on the, on the shop on LeBron show. He was talking about what can the coach do? If you got a guy that averages 30, but he goes out and scores 11 in the game seven, you got to fire the coach. He's been talking about getting fired every single time he's talked this whole offseason. Yeah, I think he needs a break. Like he just needs a year off, maybe two years off, and just and it and it will keep paying him because his contracts are guaranteed. Right. So so you know, um, so unless you truly believe if you don't get James Harden, if you truly believe that Terrence Mann is the future, you know, then I guess I don't know. Cause I mean, next offseason, you know. There are some free agents out there, you know, like we were talking about this. So let me pull up my list real quick. So, you know, some free agents for next season that I was looking at is Pascal Siakam, but I don't think he moves the needle in that way. Buddy Hill, same thing. Clay Thompson, a little long in the tooth, if you will. He's over 30 as well. The assassin known as Tobias Harris. You know, Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, Malik Monk. None of the above. Mike Conley's our age. None, none of the above. But pardon me as I slide back to the Eastern Seaboard for a quick second. But Jalen Brown's a free agent after next year. I, like I said, I bring up my pops a lot in the show. He texted me this morning, and he said five years, two ninety five for Jalen Brown. He was like, "Is it worth it?" I'm like, I say no, but. That's the market nowadays. So that's, that's shout out to the NBA PA. I don't know what other negotiations y'all have. I don't know what your locker room conditions are. I don't know what your practice schedule is like. I don't know what your trainer, you know, requirements are. But what you guys did to get your contracts to to just implode and explode the way that they are. Every single and, year is just like like Lamelo Ball two sixty, Halliburton forty, Halliburton two oh seven, Cam Johnson one hundred eight, Desmond Bain can't even put his hands in his pocket, can't scratch his own back, but he can't got to carry this money with him, him forearms and his biceps. It's like yo, shout out to the NBA PA whoever made that deal, whatever lawyer negotiated that deal to ensure that these guys get these deals because all I'm saying is whenever Giannis is up for his extension, he's getting $355 million. Well, well, like, you know, so Jalen Brown, like, I don't see why Boston would let him walk, but I would have figured that, and this is maybe just me being impatient, this is maybe the world that we live in today where everything has to just keep constantly happening for us to be satisfied but I would have thought that Jalen Brown would have been one of the first things that we heard when this kicked off. No, because like we we've talked about this, we talked about it offline, and we talked about it on the show. If you look at the the league, you have thirty teams, and about six to eight have the pieces to win a lot of games. I'm not saying win at all, but like to be in the mm-hmm. hunt. Right. You know, you probably got three or four in the wet in the east, 
three or four, maybe five or so in the West. But if you look at the way Miami is, the way Miami is built, they weren't unbeatable. They just executed and on those runs, those 18 to two runs, they just made those runs when they were down 15. They made that run. If Boston calls a timeout when that lead goes from 16 to seven, slows down at home, regroups, they probably cool down Gabe Vincent and Max Roos, and then that team is in the, the championship. Milwaukee, if Giannis goes 11 for 24 from the free throw line, then what would he end up going like? Like nine for 24. If he goes 13 for 24, hell, he probably won't even need his extra free throws if he goes, you know, 12 for 17. And don't forget the back injury. Then he eared his back. But even in games four and five, they had 16, they had double digit leads in the fourth. And he was playing patty kick with the ball. So, like, if they can, you know, I think there's a lot of teams aren't really like, no one's really stretching. No one's creating distance. The free agent moves aren't creating a distance like they did four, five, six, seven years ago with the Kevin Durant to go to state. Like that move is not there. Uh, and we've seen what the James Harden, Kyrie, KD move did to Brooklyn. So teams aren't making that move. So Boston's looking like, okay, if we can keep some bigs in here that play defense, we can keep guys like uh, the dude with the Stephen A. Smith forehead. Hey, I saw some pictures, man. He looked like me now. Did he take it off? Yeah, he looked like me. I saw him at a wedding. Smart move. I had a supervisor. He, he used to get a haircut and it was like just eight strands. I'm like, dog, just take that off. We deploy, balled it. I'm like, just leave it like that. I had two supervisors do that. So they got rid of Marcus Smart in the trade deal with Memphis. You got to make that move with Porzingis. You got to get Porzingis to come in and say, listen, we don't need 23 points out of you. Can we get 16, 7, and can we get 16 points, 10 rebounds, some assists, and three or four blocks? Can you give us that? Because if he gives you that, he's on the floor the whole game, and his block is with a few minutes left in the game in a close game. So it's just as impactful. It's probably more impactful to get three or four, three and a half. If you can average three blocks in a game or contest and – 16 points it's probably more impactful than you getting me 23 points four assists and five rebounds like yeah, i'd rather you uh, give me the, the blocks yeah because old al showing that age out there you know like al is Horf- winding Horford, down horford look no horford looked legit he looked like he was he was playing well he was holding up against bam well but bam isn't like bam has like a he doesn't have like a shooting touch like yoke yoke is like that thing would hit the rim and kind of die down into the hoop Bam, a lot of his stuff would like bounce off. Um, like I said, I think Boston, you keep you keep the your your Frankenstein built players you have, like six eight Tatum ball handler can score. You keep Jalen Brown, you keep pieces together because I don't think anybody, I don't think there's a gap. I don't think the gap from the first team, first place team in the east to fourth versus the first team to fourth in the West. I don't think the gap is that great. I don't think anyone did anything to separate themselves. I don't see any move coming. I mean, if Golden State can get James Harden for eight future draft picks, then okay, maybe that looks crazy. But I don't think any of those moves are available to really set any team apart. It may make a team look different. James Harden to L.A., it'll look different. 
but they would have to give up some of their core pieces, whether it's Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Powell. I don't know if Zubas is still technically on the roster. They would have to give up. They would have to give up pieces like in in that that room. So it was like, there's no one Kevin Durant piece. You know, this is this mercenary for hire coming from Long Island to Golden State or any other team like that. So I think if you have if you have you know a combination of a player that you can keep like that, I would say you pay that two ninety five is hefty. Yeah, it's hefty. But the yeah. reason that that two ninety five is available is because it's a negotiated percentage of money you're already going to get. So it's not like you have to come up with more money to pay him that two ninety five. That two ninety five is probably built into mm-hmm. the negotiation of all the money that's coming in. This is what you offer players in this. But it, is it possible that they move him though? Is it possible? Not likely. Say, not likely. But is it possible? If I think everything is possible, I mean, but Shaq got traded, so I can't say no one's untradeable. But who, who is trading for him? And if you're trading for him, what kind of team are you? What do you have to give back to Boston? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like there's not a lot of teams out there that have assets that. Well, I mean, you got sense. like you it, got would, it, it would make sense. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look at look at the deal. Dame Lillard is top 75 player all the time. And Miami just offered a dude who was hurt all playoffs, some picks and maybe a couple other guys. And you, you said you heard in a podcast or somewhere, somewhere in the sports sphere that Caleb Martin is the hold up to get the deal done. <laughs> hey, that so man, you got a top seven conference finals MVP. <laughs> so you got a, you got a top 75 player who's on the move. And then the guys that are, gonna go back for him or dudes from Jack Harlow videos and a guy who should have been Eastern Conference, you know, Larry Bird trophy winner. Yeah. So so what what are you gonna get for Jalen Brown? Like who 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 would trade for him? Sacramento? Like you'd have to give up the Aaron Fox or Sabonis who, you know, go to state. You'd have to give up Kaminga, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. If you are, because I'm not saying anybody in the East would make that move, because Boston's right, not going right. to make anybody in the East better. Right. So Memphis, you got to give up Triple J. Uh, maybe Clark. Clark, you know, but he's coming off an injury and a bunch of picks. Maybe, but even then, if Boston is wise, they're like, we're going to fleece you for everything you got. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, maybe you can go Brandon hey, Ingram. Hey, there is that Boston Celtic that we talked about earlier up in the great state of Utah. Uh, Danny Ainge, what kind of – but Danny Ainge is one of those dudes that's like – like when people hang up when Bill Belichick calls. He's one <laughs> of those guys. He's like, you don't answer – you don't answer, answer Danny Ainge's calls, Bill Belichick. Um, John Dorsey, there's a bunch of guys. You just, you when they call, just don't answer. 
because they're gonna they're gonna double talk to you like a pimp, and then next thing you know, you got four quarterbacks on your roster, and you, and you have no first round picks for two years. You don't know why. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I, I think it would be it would make more sense for them to pay him his two ninety five, which is such a crazy number to think of. Someone's going to work for five years playing basketball <coughs> and get $295 million. I, I'm, I'm all for it. Break his I'm leg all for regardless. He's getting it. I'm all for it. Luau Dang style. Like you could be back home in the motherland still getting a check from Los Angeles. I'm with it. Timothy Moscow's four years, $72 million. Still was getting a check from LA for a while. Yeah. The Bobby, shout out to Bobby Bonilla, still getting paid by the Mets. Robinson yeah. Cano still getting paid by the Mets. So these contracts, I'm all for it for the players when they get their money through the contract because the owners, I mean, Michael Jordan paid a couple hundred million for his share in the, the Hornets, had a 43% win percentage, and just sold him for $3 billion. So he literally did nothing. Don't even of, get me started on that football team in the nation's capital. What did he pay, $800 million and sold it for a $4.5 billion? Sold it for six and a half, I believe it was. Six and a half. That's the, what they agreed upon? I believe that was the deal. Let me look it up real quick. But I believe that was it. But, yeah, it's just – it's just I don't know, man. Like, it, that's, that's the hard part. Like, we were talking about before we went on here, we were talking about how, like, you know, you're usually the pro player – empowerment all that kind of stuff like i like player empowerment but i think that player but but i think that sometimes it's just a little out of control like see uh damian lillard right now i don't like i don't like the 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 trade request to me i don't think the team owes i think i said this a few weeks ago like i don't think the team owes the players any favor if you're trading them with a contract that the other team has to honor because Dame Litter is still owed $200 million on his, like $213 million on his deal right. that he signed in Portland. Right. So if they trade him to Minnesota, Minnesota can suck from now until 2027 and Dame Litter will walk away minus taxes, you know, with 213, $213 million and whatever taxes he has to pay out. Uh, and, so and, they did their, they did their due diligence. They did him a favor. I don't like how like teams do a guy like Russ, right? Where you know they they know his contract is finally dangling him, or how OKC did Al Horford, or how everyone's doing John Wall. They're paying him money, but then you're lessening his value to the point where he can't he can't go out and get another deal. Right. John Wall could have been playing this whole time, and he could be probably reing up his deal right now if he still was healthy. He probably could get a shooter deal, an, an additional two-year, $30 million deal to kind of like keep going in his career. He can have the legacy. But really, you got him sitting on the bench just riding in the away. locker room, riding away. And it's like, yo, this is this man's life. Nobody paying him. Like, y'all ain't even happy to have him around. So it's not even like you're using him for the mentorship thing or anything yeah. like that. Like, you just got him there holding him hostage. But, uh, but yeah, that Washington sale, $6.05 million. You know, what I'm so yeah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to be a GM. So just like, in case y'all out. were wondering, cheating does prosper. Oh yeah, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Shout out to Bill Belichick. <laughs> so we, we, I mean, like I said, 
me and Mike, we talked about this. We're just kind of going, you know, just checking the teams that we thought made good moves, bad moves. We talked about the Suns with the Bradley Beal deal. Are they going to be able to to put a team together that can compete from February through the playoffs? Because everybody looks no. good early. Okay. So that's a simple question. Because no. my note the, my note I have here is no scoring with the second unit. Well, I mean, they just picked up Eric Gordon. So they I mean, they got a shooter, but, you know. But like, he's not he, – he, he doesn't create his shot. Right, 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 right. You know, like um, – like, I mean, know, they got so a bunch. It looks like they got a if, bunch of shooting. If they, if if you had a, if you had Jordan Clarkson instead of Eric Gordon, I would give you the nod of you have a, you have scoring mm-hmm. with the second unit because he is, you know, he can go for forty, but Eric Gordon is a good shooter. He's a good basketball player. Like th- these guys are all great basketball players. It's just that, are you going to, what's your rotation going to be? You got a new coach. Is it going to be KD? If you're going to start all four of them with Aiton and then the, some the other extra thing, guy? The best thing that they got going for them is the fact that Bradley Beal, a.k.a. Black Brad, is going to be – I guess he'll have the less, the, the least pressure out of the three. You know, like, like, like KD's going to have some pressure to – win without the Warriors or whatever. They're so, top so, they're top five in odds to win it all though. No, I know, but but the but, Vegas but, odds but so I'm like, just speaking of him, teams. But, I, but I'm just speaking of him individually though. Nobody's like I don't think like so you got KD and Booker. You know Chris Paul was old. You got him out of there. You still got Aiton. You know you weren't playing your bench anyway. So I don't think so people are like hey they got Bradley Beal they can win a title. But I don't think it's, yo, Bradley Bill, you need to prove your worth and go out there and win that title. So he can just play. That's because he know, played in Washington for all those well, years. But that's what I'm saying. And, so I think they, that's they the never best levied, thing. They never levied the responsibility on Right, him. and that's what I'm saying. I think that's the best thing for them. Which is, is, that, complete, which is completely fabricated anyway. Cause, like cause, the, 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 the No one should tell another player, like, as a spectator of sport, I can't be like, "Yo, Kyrie, now that you signed this deal, you and Luca got to win it all." It's like, well, you know, with with they're not um, obligated to me. Well, you know, when KD went to Golden State, you know, obviously everybody knew they were going to win titles. It was too. It was you know, too but easy. if they didn't win titles, it would have been a hellacious couple of years for Kevin Durant. Listen, if Chris Paul's get your shot glasses ready, soft tissue would have held up. It would have been it. It would, but if the if the if, Rockets if, would have went three for twenty seven from three instead of zero for twenty seven, <laughs> yo, if they just would have taken, you know, I mean, if they would have taken seven pump fakes and taken seven two point shots and went zero for twenty from three and went four for seven from two, it would have been a different outcome. But that's what I'm just, saying. Just so, a pump fake or, and getting or like the when LeBron. The when LeBron went to Miami, if if they the didn't second win, year that if they didn't win a title, if they didn't win a title, if he didn't have that was it 45, 15, and five in game six yeah. against Boston, I think that I don't know who leaves because I know Pat Riley loved Dwayne Wade, right? And I don't think he was a fan of the the stuff the that amid- comes with LeBron, the amenities yeah. of, right. of LeBron was, was and, and that's what I'm saying. So I think so, he would have been so gone. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Can you Bradley imagine Beal, that open trade market? Can you I know. Imagine? 
the trade for LeBron James if that was available in 2000, 2012? 12, yeah. But and that's what I'm saying. Like Bradley Beal doesn't have that to live up to per se. Of we just added you to this team, take us to the title. Like he's he's a ride along. You know, well, he's, on, like, he's on a team with KD, and KD yeah, never the, has those responsibilities anyway. Like you know, I don't think people people will not okay when when Phoenix goes 45 and 37. Okay. All right. What day is it? June, July 6, 2023. When they go 45 and 37. And they are in the play-in because oh, – yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, I have zero – there's only so much basketball four people can play considering one of them is completely disrespected by the team. DeAndre Ayton has zero incentive to work harder for Phoenix. Well, at least he people got a say big it's a Monty Williams thing. Yeah. Irrelevant. Frank Vogel can't do anything for him if they don't draw up plays for him. And how are you going to draw plays for a big man when you don't have a traditional point guard? You got campaign. He's a bench. He's a second unit point guard. So you're going to run DeAndre Aiden with the so, so starters and the, the second unit. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? That's why they're 45 and 37. Because you need, and that that's a team that needs a point guard because they have a a pseudo max contract big man who was unhappy with his lack of usage. Mm-hmm. So they need someone to either the coach to get him the ball or a player to get him the ball. If neither one of those things happen, you can go ahead and chalk up offensive rebounds to other teams. They're going to get them because where's his effort? Why am I showing effort? So those games against those tough games against Dallas, those offensive rebounds that the other team's going to get because he's not going to get them. You saw what he did against Denver when he was watching Jokic lay the ball up, getting offensive rebounds over top of him. You saw what he did against Dallas the year before when they were down 50 points in that game. (laughs) He's just like, and then in KD's, it said, I'm going to use his own words. He's like, I'm not a leader. Like, I just want to hoop. Okay, so when they go on that street, you know, they go on a road trip because, you know, Arizona, they, they have a concert and they, they can't play any home games for 10 days. And they go to Sacramento, Portland, Houston, L.A. They play back-to-back games against the Clippers and the Lakers. They're on primetime television. And they get waxed because they have no depth. And they come back from a 10-game road trip and they're, you know, three and seven, four and six. It's going to happen. Even with the shooting. You're getting all your shots are from the same spot. I don't have to change my defense at all against Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about Devin Booker getting to the rim because he doesn't. Kevin Durant, I can just put my strongest defender, not even my biggest, just one of my strongest defenders on him. And I can just match up another my other two guard on Bradley Bill and see if he catches fire. And if he does, he does. He beats us. Yeah. You just move DeAndre, people around. But DeAndre Ayton, the same I, way. I, I could, I can, I can put like a, a Robin Lopez and DeAndre Ayton and just have him just be a big buy. That DeAndre has to work through, and he doesn't get opportunities. So even if he gets the ball in the post from the point guard that we don't know who is on the Suns, he's got to work through big bodies. So there's a few big bodies out west. Even if he has to go through AD, it's like if he gets that ball, the next 
play down the court isn't for him. Shaq is getting the ball call for him, the play call for him four times in a row in the game. And he's going to do his little drop step on David Robinson and dunk on him. It's crazy. Tim Duncan's getting the ball call for him. They're calling a play for him. Hey, clear out. Get it to Timmy. Right. That that will never happen for DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. And if he has some kind of stipulation where he can be traded sometime this year, I know what the contracts and the club. Well, he was eligible to get traded uh, back in January. Yeah, but I don't know if that carries over to this year, if there's a different date or whatever. But I could, I personally think they, they probably should have already moved him and Easily. just gotten a competent big man, you know, kept Lansdale, get a competent mm-hmm. big man. They probably could have they probably could have signed a guy like Brooke Loki. Lopez, mm-hmm. Never, but uh, Robin, uh, Robin, Lopez. Robin Lopez, yeah, 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 like a guy like Robin Lopez, just to kind of like, yo, be scrappy, get your four or five files, get the other guy technical, get the audience into it, wrestle with the mascot, whatever you got to do. DeAndre is not doing any of that, so I got the Suns at forty-five and thirty-seven. Book it. Ooh, we folks, tell, you hear this? Tell me why I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I can't. That's you what I'm saying. Like I, I can't. You know what I'm saying. I'm just. I, it's just not something that I had thought about. You know. So like I got the Mavs doing way better this year. I oh think, yes, yes. I think Kyrie's years with LeBron, even though they were short, I think that I think I think Kyrie's a smart guy. I think he's an intellectual guy. I think he's a good teacher. And I think he's learned in his, his Gulliver's travel since his time with LeBron. Now he was with Luca. Luca probably plays closer to LeBron's style with just running everything. Everything's through him. So I think Kyrie, right. I don't want to say he can go into that Robin role because that's not what I'm, that's not the, the, the narrative right, I want to share. Right, right, right. But I think he can let Luca know like, listen, these are the moments where you can do this. And get the ball here, here, here. And these moments get the ball to me here. Because mm-hmm. if we get if Eric Gordon gets hot and he gets a few shots off, Seth Curry gets hot, he gets a few shots off. Or they bring in Dante Exum to run the to be with the second unit and Kyrie runs a two. You know, and I think give Luca a break, you know, give him get him off the floor. I think Kyrie would be like, yo, get these guys their shots. So when the defense shifts over, now I got this guy with me. And I'm I'm a dance on them. I'm getting to the rim with anybody in the league. I think Kyrie feels that like, listen, I can get to the rim with any defender in the league, no problem. My bag is that you get these other guys involved. I'm gonna come around when it's my time. Like when they when him and LeBron both dropped 41 in the the 2016 NBA Finals. You don't get that unless you understand how to play with a guy who can also drop 41. It's hard for two guys to drop 41 points in a game, yeah. especially with the way he dribbles the ball. But in order to get that many points, you have to understand, like, listen, this is how I play with the stars. So I think Dallas would be better. And I got your back, uh, Jordan fans. Jordan Pippen scored 40 in the same game. <laughs> That's me talking about. I like OKC. I like their youngness. I think I think yeah. ESPN would probably be good to put them on TV more. Oh, yeah. Yo, this dude's so skinny. They got stupid talent. Yo, he is so skinny. My like I talk about my I talk about my kids. My oldest son, he'll be 21 in a couple of weeks. He's probably six foot, six one. He's probably hovering around like 190, 200 pounds. My middle son is probably close to like 
five nine, five ten, but he's like a slender, like one fifty five, just super cut. And my youngest son's like six foot four, one seventy, something like that. And I'm looking at Chet Holmgren, who's seven foot two, and he weighs twenty pounds more than my 14 year old 22 he, he 23 pounds gained, more than my 14 year old 13 pounds since he got drafted yo i can't see it i watched this i watched <laughs> the highlights i watched the highlights the other day and i'm like that dude hit that picture they showed of him was photoshop and on top of that like just i would have him not like listen man this is what i need you to do just go on that was that super size me diet when old boy gained like a bunch of weight like not necessarily that bad, but like, listen, they you eating salmon and shrimp and rice and pasta and just lifting weights. Don't do any cardio. Get the yoga, Pilates, pasta, and put some weight on because when Benyama, I saw Kenny Loft or was, what's the boy name? Uh, Lofton, the the oh, Kenny Lofton boy. Junior. Yeah. 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 I seen him banging him in the chest, getting layups. And I'm not saying it's gonna happen every night, but it's what are you gonna do when you got to guard AD? What even what, what are you gonna do when you got to guard Aiden? What are you gonna do when you switch on to Luca, or you got to step out there and guard Jokic at 270, or MB coming down at 285? The good news is he can just leave Julius Randle wide open. Listen. If I'm Julius Randle, I'm just going in his chest anyway. I think every <laughs> every every coach, at least one of the seven assistants on the bench, is going to tell everybody playing against San Antonio, who, you know, I hope they do well. hope they're on TV a lot. I want to watch more basketball this year. Like I said, I'm going to go to Philly. I'm going to check out more games. I'll be going on SeatGeek. SeatGeek, you know, whenever they start sponsoring us, I want to rock with SeatGeek because they give you great ticket deals. I, I've been buying tickets from SeatGeek all week for different events I'm trying to go to over the next few months. Great deals. Um, so I'm going to check out some of these games. But mm-hmm. the Thunder, I like them because they're young. The problem is they ha- they had a little bit of success ne- last year. And I don't want it to be a panic if they start off 12-8. and 8. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's just not going to work. Yo, it's 20 games in. That is a quarter of the season. Let it play out. Because some of these teams, use one of your phrases, are going to come back to the fold. Somebody's going to start hot. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, maybe. They need to start hot. They need to start out 8-2. and two. You know who it won't be? It won't be New Orleans. <sighs> New Orleans is going to have somebody fired or quitting it's gonna be they're gonna have a nice little tree i like like willie green as a coach but you know it might not it might not be might not be for you yeah like i mean it's it's one of those things like i can fire the coach i can't necessarily fire players i been saying before zion signed his rookie extension to move him I will live with because, like I said, this was a. I was. I listened to. I don't know if it was the Odd Couple or somebody else, but they were talking about trading Zion, and he turns out to be great, or keeping him and he turns out to be a dud. Like, what's the risk? Because if you're the team that's trading for him, you could get a gym. 
or you can be the team that traded for a guy that's been injured essentially his entire career. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in New Orleans, you trade a guy and he turns out to be his generational talent. I think we have enough evidence to, to support the expectation that he won't be a generational talent because they look at his numbers on the floor. It's like, oh, he's averaging like 25 points on 60, 65% shooting and yada, yada, yada. Like, I get that, but that's only good if you can give me 90 games a year. You give me the seven, you give me 65 to 70 regular season games and you give me a good playoff run. Okay. But if you only give me 39 to 44 games a year, well, sometimes it's just 65%. Sometimes it just wasn't meant to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yes, there is the possibility that he could go somewhere else and flourish. The but is he's, can, he's doing dunks. He, he does dunks in pregame warm-ups. And yeah, for the little kids. And Balenciaga you know what I'm saying? Let Wu-Tang be for the kids. But, <laughs> but, you, but you know, but they got uh, – they, they, if he goes somewhere else, theoretically speaking, theoretically, you're going to get some nice return for him. You know, because he's still young enough, still has enough potential that someone out there will buy in. So now that was the conversation for Charlotte with the number two pick. Do you trade? Right. Do you trade the number two pick to New Orleans with some other compensation to get Zion? And then New Orleans, you draft Scoot, but do you put yeah, Scoot and see, next and if to somebody and if somebody feels, ball and if somebody feels the way that you feel about Brandon Miller. Then yeah, you make that trade if you're Charlotte. You know, like as far as the Hornets go, obviously you're probably going to want more than Brandon Miller. You know, but but the point being is that, like Washington at one point, you know, had Chris Webber. You know, they had Rasheed Wallace, and you could argue whether it was Washington or not, but they weren't the C Web and Rasheed Wallace that we grew to know at the time that they were in Washington. Washington just didn't do nothing once they left. So, like, it wasn't a matter of we had Chris Webber and he's gone now. What did you replace him with? What did you do on the backside? You but know, that's so- why you have to be proactive and trade him. You, now. Like, you have to trade him in the now, not in the hereafter. You have to trade them like, yeah. Yeah, because what if he comes back this year, plays, say, 31 games? And gets another soft tissue injury. Out for the gets season. Shot glass you know what I'm saying? Out for the season. Then what? He's now, doing, now his value. doing dunks. But then he's doing dunks on Instagram. It's like right, but, shit on Instagram. But, but, then, but then his value is lower now because now you're just adding an extra year of injury. But his check is exactly the same because you yep, signed him to a rookie same. deal of $182 you know, million. But, but, you're trying to, but you're trying to convince somebody to take him on with another failed year. You know what I mean? When you could just trade them now, if it goes well, you just wish them the best. Can you know? keep playing? Can he keep playing at that weight? Because I, I think they had he him can, listed at but 260. He can, but he'll have to change his game. Like he'll have to get some of that Carl Anthony in him. You know what I mean? Versus the forceful Charles I, Barkley. I just I don't when I at Duke, it was a game against I saw a highlight. When he blocked the guy shooting the three against UVA, when he just jumped out of the gym, I felt like that frame of Zion is different than the one that is in the NBA. Like he feels a little bit bigger. And I remember, 
I heard a report a couple of years, like before, not just last season, but the previous season when he he left injured, that he was nearly like 300 pounds, like in the off season. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know all that A2 fed, that gator, that shrimp and grits in New Orleans, but like if you're getting to the point where you as a young athlete, you're not in the gym to the point keeping yourself ready. I get it. You want to hit the streets. You want to hit the limelight. Like, listen, I was in Europe from 19 to 23 years old. I mean, from what I, I can tell, a, he was staying I was in shape. Nut, I was a nutcase. He looked chubby. He was working. He was working <laughs> in the streets. He was, he was getting his cardio in, but he was getting it in on a mattress and not getting it in the gym. Like it just you should never be out of shape when you're that young in the in the, in the as a professional athlete you should never be out of shape. Like that's what we get on Luke every time every season he comes back and it's like he got to play himself. Yeah, you got to like, like oh, waste twenty five games. Just get a fucking Peloton. Just just ride the Peloton and, and and do some yoga on a mat. Like I've I've known people who lost 40, 50, 60 pounds who work regular jobs, nurses. And firefighters and Air Force crew chiefs who ride a Peloton and do yoga on a mat in their garage and drop right. 60. I personally drop like 25 pounds, and all I do is go to the gym. I hit the elliptical when I work out. I'm out of the gym in 65 to 70 minutes. So it's like, if I can do this after I go to work and I got to take care of everything else in my house, you should show up in October, September, October in shape. Like, I don't know how that's like. The outrageous thing. You should not be at your media day looking like you bought the block for Reggie Bush down in New Orleans and that's- instead of like block <laughs> shots. Like it just doesn't make any sense. But you know. New Orleans is is one of these things. It's like people are making decisions and and the the upper echelons of these organizations that are fear based. They knew damn well they shouldn't have given him that deal. I said it. Everyone else said it. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't have given him the deal. But they gave him the deal anyway, and it's like, well, this is a result of that. That sounded like a get it off my chest. I mean, (laughs) and I get it; these guys are prime athletes. But you know, I got, I got, I had, I have a high school freshman. He's he's about to be a freshman in high school. He and his teams, like he plays on, you know, lacrosse and the football team. Is some of a couple of his friends play baseball, they play like other travel sports, and seven o'clock in the morning, three times a week, they're down here at the school working out with the high school football team. They're gonna be freshmen or so freshman football team, they're working out with the JV and varsity players, and they're working out three, four times a week, the one morning doing yoga. So, like if these 14, 15, 16, and 17-year-old young men can get out there and get in shape. And then come home, hang out, chill, sleep, and then have lacrosse practice yeah. in the evening. It's like if these kids can do that, then there's no reason for you to be an NBA player with 180 million dollars, 180 million dollar contracts, and just show up out of shape. I get that the season is long and it's, and it's just stressing your body. You want to take a break, but you could take a break and just you get 60 you minutes, 30 minutes on 30 minutes on the Peloton. And and a Pilates machine. Take two weeks and do nothing. Go to Cancun. Go to wherever you know. Hang go to out. Japan. Hang out. Come back. Bust your ass. And 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 that's it. And I think a lot of a lot of these guys' injuries. I know you know, and it's abnormal to be that big. Like I said, like the tallest friend that I have, I have a cousin that's like six seven, almost six eight, 
And my tallest friend that I know personally, he's six six, his brother six five, six four. Like so they're ab it's like abnormally big to like we're out golfing and I'm standing next to him. I'm like, this is ridiculous that you are this big of a human being. And I just and I get that it's like an abnormal thing and certain parts of your body, your feet hurt and things like that. But you're also fortunate enough to be that big and athletic to be in a league with other people who are athletic, right. with other people like doctors and medical personnel and equipment personnel and owners and GMs and player personnel, people who understand the plight of you being that big and they can provide you things like everyone has a code. Even if you are a practice squad player in the NFL, you get a code to the facility so you can come work out. Right. Like everybody gets, I know a guy who went to, uh, he went to Gramlin as a walk-on and he said that it didn't matter if you're a walk-on or if you're on scholarship, if you were a cornerback and you were at this height, they told you they wanted you at this weight. So you had to go to the equipment room and they gave you your creatine, your protein bars, your protein powder. And they gave you your routine. Like, listen, you need to be at 175 pounds by this date. Take this, take this, take this, take this next. He's like, it doesn't matter if you're a walk-on or a scholarship player. So the teams are doing their part to make, to get you ready. They're giving these contracts. And yes, you're sacrificing your body. And I understand that, but why aren't you ready for the right. season? Right. Why are you why am always I more, missing these? Why am I more invested in you than you're invested in you? Exactly. Like, and I get it. Like I said, I lived in Europe as a black dude from 2001 to 2005, 19 or 23 years old. I get what the lifelike looked like. My friends were promoters. I, a friend of mine was from Philly, another guy from South Jersey. We'd go places. We'd be sitting with the owners and we'd be sitting with the DJs. I go to the DJ booth. People are bringing me alcohol. People are bringing me food. And I, that was a tiny glimpse of it on Friday and Saturday nights, sometimes Sundays, depending on what city or country we were in in Europe. And I get it. It's like, yo, this is crazy. We would talk about it the next day. Like, yo, did you like? Did you pay for anything last night? I'm like, nope. It was like, old boy, the promoter, he had his, 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 his assistant just bringing us drinks all night long. I just was sitting in a booth. I just in the DJ booth with the DJ, and they were just bringing me drinks all night. And I get that. And that was a small scale. So I can only imagine what it's like when you are a 19 or 23 year old NBA player. It's probably just 10 times mm-hmm. what I would describe. But I still want to work on my day. Right. Right. <laughs> I right. still, like I said, I still do my PT test. I still like, I still did the little things that I had to do to get back to Thursday night, Friday night when yeah. I was in there. Security was letting me in through the side. You know, we all, we all been like a that. little drunk in our gas mask, you know. <laughs> Whoa, man, that I had allergies on my gas mask one time. Oh, Korea? Yeah. I was asleep by a dumpster in my gas mask. You know what I'm Middle saying? of the just, day, 2 o'clock just, in the afternoon, July. It just works out best like sleep, that sometimes. Best sleep of your life. But exactly. like I say, you just got to like, like LeBron, I, got, I talk about this all the time. And it's something I say to my son, like, listen, I get it. You oversleep and you, you know, you, you know, we're running late for you to get to practice. But I'm like, yo, keep the main thing. The main thing is, well, my phone died. Cool. I understand it. Your phone died. You can't hear your alarm. But did you know that you needed to plug it in the night before? Because you need your alarm to wake you up by this time. So you can get to practice. So keep the main mm-hmm. thing, the main thing. It's like, yeah, you want to go out, leave by midnight. If you're an NBA player, you don't need to be in there after midnight. 
you walk in, you get the DJ to announce you, you point, you get this, the bottle girls to bring you a few bottles, you point out to the crowd, you get whatever entertainment or whoever you want to facilitate your entertainment for that night to come join you, and you're out of there by 11.50. Yeah. Go down, the, go down the wrong way to escalator like LeBron did when those groupies were chasing him, mm-hmm. and get out of there, have your fun, be ready to be at the facility tomorrow morning. Don't o'clock. end up like Thabocephalosha. You know, Yo, so, he he sued. I think he got a nice little bag. For oh yeah, he did deservedly so. You know. Yeah, so it just it just and, and that's the thing. A lot of a lot of these, you know, we talk about these GMs and player personnel people. Is like, what we what what were you thinking that I didn't see? To the point, it was like, you know what? Everybody else is wrong. I'm doing this anyway. Because the Zion thing you call, I called. We talked about John Morant. We knew he was going to get suspended again. We talked about that, that he was going to do something else. I didn't think he was going to do the same thing with a gun, but I figured he was going to right. suspend it again. Um, and with this 25-game suspension, unfortunately, he might get suspended again. We talked about Detroit overpaying for their coach because they overdo it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to end up. So it's just like these, these, these habits are forming with some of these bad teams. And it's like. Yeah, speaking of overdoing it, that brings me to get it off my chest. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Kyrie Irving. You know, he was doing the thing of like, y'all need to stay off social media and y'all need to get a life because I'm just trying to enjoy the Laker game, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. Now I hear Josh Allen out here talking about, the media is overreacting and blowing things out of proportion. Stefan Diggs missed a day of practice, and you guys are turning it into he's unhappy and he doesn't want to be here. Now, this is what I do know. I know that after losing the playoff game last year, Stefan Diggs was up out of there. You know, he I don't even know if he took a shower. I think he literally just went to the locker room, grabbed whatever he brought with him found somebody to take him somewhere. And then that was the last we heard of him up until this incident. Now, what Josh Allen is failing to realize is the reason that people reacted this way was because of Sean McDermott. You know, because they were he they were he was asked about, you know, hey, Stefan wasn't here, you know, XYZ. And instead of being like, well, yeah, you know, Stefan had some things to take care of. He'll be back tomorrow or Hey, you know, yeah, Stefan called me this morning. Something popped up. Like, no big deal. He'll be back tomorrow. What he said was, it's got me very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody blew anything out of proportion because all we had to go off of was him allegedly, you know, being a leader of this team, leaving when it got tough not to be heard from or seen from outside of like, what was the, you, you want me to be okay with losing? You know, that was what we got out of Stefan Diggs. And then all of a sudden he's not showing up out of the blue. And we're supposed to just not ask questions. We're not supposed to be concerned when you yourself admitted that you were well, your coach admitted that he was concerned. And now it's everybody else's fault for making a story out of this. How about Stefan Diggs stop acting like a brat? You know, how about 
you, Josh Allen, and your head coach, Sean McDermott, sit down with the PR team and say, how do we get in front of this? You know, said three, how about not using the words very concerned to discuss something that you don't want to elaborate on any further? I am not a media member, but that is your lesson in Media 101. And with that, 2-5 serving up the knowledge. It's another end to a glorious show. We were out for a week because, you know, the holidays, like I said, I hope, hope everyone enjoyed the holiday. And if you're on the East Coast, I hope you uh, you survived this heat. Oh, Lord, it was just it was ridiculous. Oh, I you like know I'm down here. Woo! I like yeah. to wear black T-shirts, man. I was, I was vacuuming my car today, just dripping sweat. But, I had to know, wipe my hit- seats down. We hit 107 a couple of times last week. And Ooh, yeah, we don't, we don't need none of that. The yeah, humidity, man. See the, the problem that kills you here is the humidity. Like, yeah, that's what, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The humidity like during the day, but do you get the breeze at bro. night? But you got to make it to 7, 8 o'clock before you get the breeze. My, my mailbox. My mailbox. So I live in the center of the street. There's... Three houses to the right of us. Turn the corner. There's the mailbox. My wife got a sunburn walking (laughs) from our house to the mailbox. (laughs) Listen, all my Anglo-Saxon brethren, wear your sunblock, especially if you're a redhead. The sun does not like you. It does not like you. It's not your friend. (laughs) It's not your friend. It's not your friend at all. But yo, even if you pay for the solar panels, this the sun not your friend. Yeah, and I got that too. But yo, so of course, the sun doesn't like them. But America, we love you. Shout so, out to New Jersey Lacrosse Club. We got our tournament this weekend at Hershey. Yeah, you know I mean gold, silver, 2027, 2026, 2025. I think 2028 is playing that weekend too. So it's gonna be lacrosse all weekend long shout out new jersey lacrosse club let's go let's get these victories let's get these t-shirts these trophies all of that i'm gonna be out there all weekend so let's have a good time shout out lacrosse get your kids into it it's fun yes so on that note like subscribe review it's free don't cost you a thing just like j-lo my love don't cost a thing This is your show, and I just got love for you. In America, we are out. We will see you next week. Peace.